What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Dama back on the show, and today we're going to be kind of doing our pre-draft pod. Uh, Dama's going to talk to you guys a lot about the prospects. I'll chime in with the little stuff that I know, just kind of talk about what I want to see kind of fit-wise, I guess. But he's going to be talking more about the prospects because he does more homework like that than I do. But before we get into that, the Milwaukee Bucks got a game. Uh, last night, right? Or no, two nights ago, right? Two nights ago. Yep. Yep. So now the series is two to one, Phoenix. Um, what do you think about the final so far? Uh, so far it's kind of been what I expected. Like, I before it started, I had Suns and six. Um, and I and I, I'm staying on that. Like, I it's pretty much going like I expected. Suns take care of business at home. Uh, usually when a team is down 0-2 um on the road and then they go home they usually always win that third game mm-hmm. uh so the bucks did you know they played desperate the road guys you know drew holiday middleton they stepped up played well um so i mean it was it's so far it's gone as as expected i expect uh the suns to come back uh and get game four mm-hmm. and go up three one and then the bucks will play desperate again and they'll steal one on the road. And then finally, the Suns will close them out. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Suns will, uh, the, yeah, the Suns will close them out at, on the road uh, for game six. Um, yeah. And that's, that's how I feel like it's going to go. Yeah, I think I had Suns in six, too. I, I'm just, I'm not a Milwaukee Bucks guy. I thought that. When they were younger, I thought they had a lot of potential, but and I know Giannis has had some monster games. But I'm still, I don't know what it is about Giannis. I'm just, I'm just not that big of a Giannis guy. I see. I like Giannis. I think he's going to be an all-time great, but I think a lot of the the heat he gets is because people mischaracterize who he is as a player. I think we look a lot. I think a lot of people look at Giannis as a wing player, you know, and when you think wing players, you're thinking Kevin Durant, you're thinking LeBron, you're thinking uh, Carmelo Anthony, you're thinking those type of guys. And all those guys could shoot to a certain degree. I don't view Giannis that way. I view Giannis as a big man. So when I'm comparing Giannis, I'm not comparing him to Kevin Durant. I'm comparing him to Anthony Davis. I'm comparing him to uh, uh, who else? Who else? I would say is a big like uh, Embiid. Even um, I'm comparing him to other big men, guys who play majority in the paint. And if I'm comparing right. him to those guys, he's the best. Period. Point blank. To me, uh, like yeah, I think he's better than man, Anthony Davis. Yeah, like as a big man. He can guard one through five. He, his help defense is crazy good. He, he, can, he can push the break. He can pass it, play make. Uh, he's even got a little nice little 10-foot fadeaway jumper. And, of course, when he gets into the paint, I mean, he's basically like 90% shooting in the paint. Um, so, for me, as a big man, he's best in, the, best in the NBA. There's no other big man I'd rather have, not, not Embiid. Not Joker, not Carl uh, Anthony Towns, not Bam, Anthony Davis, none of them. You can run on a list. Like, but again, if you're going to compare him to Kevin Durant and, and those type of guys, wing players, who are basically just big shooting guards, then of course he's not going to stack up because you're going to always look at his shooting and you're going to say, well, I'd rather have Kevin Durant. Well, of course. You know, I, I would too. But to me, they're different types of players. So, you know, I, I think Giannis, man, like I, I've been saying it for a minute. Like to me, Giannis is a new age Shaq, but he needs his Kobe. You know, he's not Kobe, which is no harm in that, but he needs his Kobe. He needs a he needs a wing or guard player that's as elite at what they do as he is as as being a big man. Um. Yeah, and until he gets that, in my opinion, he's not gonna. They're probably not gonna win the title, right? Chris Middleton is kind of like that 
efficient shooter that you're kind of looking for next to him. But the thing is, he doesn't have that dog in him. You know, Chris Middleton is a very finesse player. He, he'll never assert himself really all that much. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Chris Middleton, and this is the problem <laughs> where, with, with, this is why I hate when people kind of try to push certain guys into that elite status or they compare guys with the best of the best. For me, the best of the best can score on all three levels. Or now, if you want to say four levels, right? Like they can get it at the rim, they can get it in the mid range. They can get it from three. And now that fourth level, they can shoot it from 30, 35 feet. <clears throat> um, Middleton does not get to the rim, right? So he's a great mid-range shooter. He's a great three-point shooter. Uh, but he doesn't get to the rim. So when you're pressing up on him and you're taking away his space to just pull up and you got size on him and he can't just shoot over top of you, you make him put it on the floor. And then he becomes a role player. He can't he can't do that. And that's the difference between a Middleton and a Bradley Beal or a Middleton and a Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler, Paul George, those type guys, because those guys, you press up on them, they can get past you and they can finish at the cup or they can get foul, create contact and make and they'll shoot 10 plus free throws. (laughs) Middleton does not have that ability, which is why, to me, he is not. A, a adequate Robin to Giannis's Batman, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and and, that, and that's always been the case with him. That's why he can go for thirty if his jumper falling. He can go for thirty five, forty. But when you mm-hmm. take that jump shot away, he don't have a counter because he he's don't have that physicality and quickness to get by you and get to the rim and finish. So, right, uh, yeah, I, I like he's a fine player, but he's a third option. <laughs> Agree. But so, I would take him on this team in a heartbeat if Milwaukee wanted to yeah. cough him up. Yeah, because he would play – he would be a third option here. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's better than Otto Porter ever was. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's what I felt like Otto Porter could be if he worked more on his game, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, also, before we move on from this, uh, Chase Hughes, buddy, love you. Happy to have you back on soon. My God, what he tweeted last night. <laughs> or two nights ago, whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Chase, 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 man, love you, man. But you got, you got <laughs> put the Henny down, man. Put the Henny down. When he's on, we'll talk about this. I'll, I'll put a note in... Um, I'll remember to ask him about it. I understand yeah. where he's coming from. I'm not... Like I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's like outlandish, you know? But uh-huh. but it, it, he's not the best player right now. No, 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 not not when you have you have <laughs> LeBron's that, still you, alive. Yeah, yeah, LeBron's alive, Kevin Durant is alive. Um yeah, it's it's tough for me, but I I mean see with Kawhi the thing with Kawhi, like I would personally, my preference, I would take Kawhi over Giannis because I've seen Kawhi single-handedly take over games with his scoring and defensive ability. Like any kind of way you want it, at the rim, mid-range, and three-pointer. And then he locking you on the other side. Um, and Giannis, of course, he has that one hole to his game with the, the perimeter shooting. So it's hard for me to ever put Giannis over those three because skill for skill, they're just better. Like, if mm. I just go down the skill list, those three guys to me are, they're kind of just in a class of their home. Like, they really don't have a weakness. Um, right. It's kind of like the, um, like, if you compare Russell Westbrook to, to Steph Curry or Chris Paul, like, if you're just looking at numbers and box scores, I, like, yeah, Russell Westbrook takes the cake, but is he more skilled or is he better than those guys? I mean, the answer is no. Exactly. Exactly. Like if you're just looking at raw numbers that you accumulate just by being on the floor a lot of minutes and having the ball a lot of that time, then, yeah, you can stack anybody up with, with, with anybody. But me, I break guys down skill for skill, like shooting, uh, how you get those, how you get your points. Do you get it all three levels or four levels? And, you know, uh, your defense, your playmaking, 
And then uh, uh, how are you in the clutch? Like, are you, do you have the ability to close games? Like, mm-hmm. that, how, you know, that's when you stack it up like that, I just don't see how you could put Giannis as the best player in the NBA. Like, I, at, at best, he's fourth. You yeah. know, and, and that's and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And he has the chance to be one once um, once KD and LeBron retire. Guess what? He's probably the Boom. face of the NBA. Boom. Then he moves up by default. <laughs> um, Team USA. So I, I want to touch on a couple of things. But first, I just want to say that I think there's a lot of. Um, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if this is the right word. There's a lot of ignorance um, with Americans in terms of like how we perceive ourselves compared to other countries. And there was this big outrage that like we lost Nigeria and all that, but there's a lot of international talent. And this is one thing I'm, I'm happy that we have a guy like Tommy, for example, because he'll look at the international talent. He's not scared yeah. to take guys. I mean, both of his first-round picks, one from Japan, one from uh, – God, where's Denny from? Is it La- – where, where's Denny from? No, Denny's from um, – I'm sorry. Um, Denny – Israel. Israel. Yeah, he's Israeli, yeah. Yeah. The Israeli, how could I forget that? Uh, Shout-out <laughs> to um, Justin Kutcher. Uh, anyway, but – I think it just goes to show that, number one, are we not the best at everything? But number two, you just have to realize that there is a lot of talent out there. And and you know what the interesting thing is? There's a lot of guys who could probably play for those international teams, you know, for their team. But they don't get the opportunity or um, they never really got the development. They didn't have the resources. growing up to be able to be put in that um, position to have an opportunity like that. So especially in Nigeria, I mean, they have like just raw athletes where if you can just tune their skill and and give them some help and give them some player development, give them some resources. I guarantee you we would see a lot of more uh, Nigerians in the NBA. That that's really what it is. It's, it's it's access to the skill development and the resources. Because um, it's damn sure there's not an athlete gap between Nigeria and America, like at all. Um, you know, if you if you took a you know a kid from there and you put him in the U.S. development system, AAU and the summer camps and all of that, from the time he's ten years old and on up, then yeah, he could easily make the NBA and be a guy that is one of the best in the league. Um, but uh, I, I just think with American, with Americans in general, there's this American arrogance. You yeah. know, you feel like because it's American, it's the best, it's the best. You know, we're indoctrinated that way. Um, yeah. So it's like we're the best at everything. We we created everything. We're the best. We're the best. We win all the gold medals. Blase, blase. So you know, we expect to beat the these international these other international teams by. 50 points every game. And I think this is not the 90s anymore. This is not the 80s where those countries were still developing their, you know, their sports farming systems outside of soccer. You know, mm-hmm. like we're, we're much past those years now. Like the gap between the, the, the guys in the NBA and the international teams is smaller because now a lot of the guys that are on the international teams are in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Back then... 30 years ago, the international teams would have zero NBA players. Zero. Now, mm-hmm. they might have three or four. Mm-hmm. You know? And those guys can play. Like, the, the, there's, you know, there's a mixing of the, uh, the, the farming system. Like, these guys are traveling. They're, they're coming over and they're playing guys um, uh, in high school. Like, I was just watching uh, Chet Holmgren playing the guy from France. Like, that wasn't happening 30 years ago. Mm-mm. It's happening now. So you can't look at it in that lens and say, oh, we supposed to just beat them by 50 just because we're the United States. Like, it's not the same era no more. Yeah. 
And, and then you also have to factor in, like, especially with the European talent, because we're going to be playing some teams from Europe as well. Not everyone wants to play in the NBA. There are guys who are comfortable with playing overseas and doing nothing because it's just comfortable for them. You know, they don't want to leave home. So um, something else and to yeah, keep like in if, mind. And is, they can probably get paid more, too. Like, if I can make... Yeah. If I can make five million a year playing for my home country and I'm the star mm-hmm. versus coming over to the United States and I'm playing on a vet minimum deal and I'm the last dude on the bench. <laughs> playing behind Tory playing. Craig, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. So just something um, as well to keep in mind. If we play some of these European teams and guys we've never heard of start to light us up, you know, that's not um, – Team USA shouldn't be bashed for that. It's just – this is talent that we just simply haven't heard about or we know too little about. Right, right. And, and let's not kid ourselves. I mean, the, the Team USA, it, it's not the best crop of players that they could have picked, not going to lie. But it doesn't, it doesn't need to be. It, no, it, it doesn't. doesn't. It, doesn't, it doesn't need to be. You don't need to have, uh, <laughs> you know, KD, Kawhi, and, and, and uh, LeBron playing in order for you to win gold. Like, right. No. Um, I think it's good for Dame. It's good for Brad. Um, it's good for Tatum. I was a little upset that Jared Allen uh, didn't make Team USA because he's my favorite center. And I think about um, the team when, when Tyson Chandler was on there. I think um, Jared Allen can kind of be that Tyson Chandler type player. Now, yeah. he's not as big as Tyson Chandler, but Jared Allen is like my favorite. Like, he's a modern center. Like, he's. He, he rebounds, he blocks shots, and he runs the floor. That's enough for me. And eventually he can step it out to the mid-range and even occasionally a three-pointer. So I love Jared Allen. He's my favorite center in the NBA. Not saying he's the best, but he's definitely my favorite for sure. You think he would be a better fit for the roster there than Bam out of Bayou? Oh, the thing oh. I had with Bam is like Bam is a little undersized. Like him and Tatum are like the same height. I mean, yeah. you just got to – fit-wise, yeah. Again, I'm not saying he's better than the man, but fit-wise, because, look, you got four shooters and all dudes who can create. All you need left is someone who can rebound, play defense, and block shots. Jared Allen is an expert at all three. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I think Bam is obviously more versatile. I think him only being 6'9", it's like he's not as much to me as a presence, as a shot deterrent. Uh, than Jared Allen would be. So, I don't know. I think, I think you might be on to something with that because I, I forgot Tyson Chandler was on that last team. And yeah. He definitely played a role. Like, he was putting stuff on glass, man. So, maybe yeah. that's what they're missing. Because um, Draymond Green, I mean. Draymond Green and Kevin Love shouldn't be on the team. Yeah, probably. I mean, but I feel like Draymond, like, you kind of need that guy that's going to do the dirty stuff. But I feel like this version of Draymond Green is different than the one from four years ago. Uh, you know, when he was winning titles with the Warriors. Like, this is this is not the same Draymond to me, so. Well, um, and it's like, with, with Draymond, when you play with Stephen Clay, you have guys that love to move off ball, and you can set them up. Damon, Brad, KD, Tatum, they all get the ball and go ISO, so you can't really set them up. Yeah. 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 I wish, I wish AD was healthy. You know, if you had him on a team, it probably, defensively, I think you're, you would be way better off. Yeah. Anthony Davis got the size and the mobility to move with guys. So um yeah. they they're probably missing him on the mob. But I don't think they need like I say, they don't need the best of the best at every position in order to win gold. Like they should be able to get it done. Yeah. All right. Moving on to what we're all here to talk about. The NBA draft. So the Wizards pick fifteenth. Um, I don't the only individual that they've um, that they've done is uh, the guy from Oregon, correct? I think that's the only individual workout they've had. Everyone else, I think, has been group workouts. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, at this point, would you, knowing having a better like idea of the talent at this point, would you rather keep it, be, or would you still rather trade it and maybe get a guy like Jeremy Grant? Uh, I would still trade it because I feel like no matter who you pick at that spot, they're not going to be like immediate uh, 20 
25 minute per game contributors. Um, so I would move it for what they say their goals are, where we can deduce what their goals are, which is to, to try to win now. I would mm-hmm. move it. Um, I would be looking to try to further develop Denny, Rui Gafford as, mm-hmm. as like your young, as your young pieces. Um, right. And beyond that, it's go time. Like if you're saying you're trying to win, then you need to pick that lane and go try to win. Um, I think that's kind of a similar conundrum the, the Warriors are in. Like, you know, you got Wiseman sitting out there. He doesn't fit their timeline. Then you got these two picks in the lottery. What is a 19, 20 year old going to help Steph and Clay do right now? Mm-hmm. So I think you kind of kind of view our situation the same as theirs from what they're saying they want to do. And you right. got to try to move it. You have to view it that way if you want people to take you serious. You can't continue this one foot in, one foot out approach now. And yeah. because, of, because of money, if they needed to get through another season of Russ and Beal, and then after they kind of they move on for both of those guys and they let the new head coach and the young pieces kind of be that core moving forward, that's fine with me. But the, the draft is pretty much going to tell me, I think, what – what they plan on doing. If they keep the pick, then that tells me that Tommy knows inevitably that this just wasn't going to be something that was going to work. And that's okay. Uh, no, there, there's nothing wrong with admitting something's not going to work. The only issue is, okay, then why didn't we hit the reset button sooner? Because then you're going to, we go through another season, it's going to be, what, 24? And, um, you know, I mean, at that point, you're going to have to pay Rui. And it's just, why do you want to pay him if we haven't seen him as the number one option for, you know, a good sample size? It just, it gets really messy. So the longer, the more they prolong this, the messier it gets them. And I just hope that they realize that. Agreed, agreed. I mean, they got to they gotta pick a lane, man. I mean, Russell Westbrook is 33, got him another two years. Um, Hopefully one. Brad, Brad is 28 now. I mean, yeah, uh, that's crazy. What is a what is again? What is a nineteen-year-old going to help you do right now? I mean, shit. Moses Moody would fucking help us, and that was a guy that I've been on, kind of the Moses Moody train for for a while now. Like he instantly is your starting three. Yeah, but even Moses Moody, like even Moses Moody, like I don't feel like he's gonna be like a twenty, twenty-five point per game starter out the gate. Um, you know, it takes time with these guys. He's 19. Like, you know, it's, it's, it would take time. Like, Otto Porter was the third overall pick. He barely played his rookie year. You know, I have to go back and look. Like, Mikhail Bridges, I don't think Mikhail Bridges played a lot as a rookie either. Um, and, you know, he's good now, but he's what? He's in what, year three? Um, yeah, he's Mikhail's in year either. three. Okay, so I'm looking here now. So Mikhail Bridges as a rookie, he did start. He started at 56 of the 82 games, playing 29 minutes a game. But he averaged eight points a game and was shooting 33% for three. And he was a lights-out shooter coming out of Villanova. So mm-hmm. just using that as a baseline for somebody like Moses Moody, is that really helping you get over the hump next year? You know? Like, it's just, I, I, if you're banking on a rookie helping you get over the hump to the second round or, or the conference finals, well, then you're not close. It helps if you, like, he can be a guy that can put you over if you have a third guy. We, we still don't have a third guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's my thing. Like, so if, if, if you're saying you're trying to win now, then that means you're saying, a 19, 20 year old can't do that for us. So we need to move that asset and get a veteran that can do that for us. Um, right. I just think it would be kind of naive to say, oh, we got Moses Moody now, or we got Corey Kispert now. Oh, yeah, we're going to the second round or the finals, conference finals. Like, right. I, dude, that's just not like, that's just not realistic because no rookie pick in my recent memory picked at 15th uh has done that 
<laughs> right. Like you if know, you're talking like since we're talking about Kisper, like a 22, 23 year old Joe Harris isn't going to help us. I mean, it's no, it'll help. Don't get me wrong, it'll help, but it's not going to like raise our ceiling. Yeah, you're still going to be a first round exit or right. or, or play in team. You know, you got to go and you got to go make a move. And I think that 15th pick is one of the better assets you have. So you got to dangle it out there and see what you get. Yeah. But that's going to tell me all we need to know, if depending on what they do with the pick, if they keep it. Or um, I said, how would you feel about them trading up? Uh, it depends on who the prospect is. Like, I'm not trading up for anybody that's not <laughs> in that top three group. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I don't know why a team would want to trade out of picking one of those three because those, to me, are franchise-changing type players. Right. Um, and then after that, it's kind of like a crapshoot, honestly. So yeah. if it's a crapshoot or it's guys that are probably going to be like role players, why would you trade up for that? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I just wouldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, I think once you get to Kuminga, it starts to get a little iffy because I still think that the first, that the main four, are um, and, and not in any particular order, uh, but Suggs, Cade, uh, Mobley, and um, who else am I forgetting? There's someone else. Uh, Green. Green. Yes. Outside of those four. It's pretty much, you know, what you need. And the, yeah. the problem is the Wizards can go in any direction. Because could you see them taking a point guard? If they like one enough, absolutely. Uh, could they Could they take a two guard? Yeah. Could they take a three? Yep. Could they take a four? And maybe not, but depending on how you view Rui long term. Sure. And then could they still take a five? Yes, because at the end of the day, Thomas Bryant's going to be expiring, and we still don't have an entire picture of, like, we haven't seen Daniel Gafford for a full season. So they could literally go any five of the positions. And, I mean... Yeah, they could take anybody. They could take any position. Um, I still think we'd agree that, like, we would kind of clump together wing and say that that's their, their biggest need. And out of all the wings... Uh, that will be in our range. Who do you like? Uh, Mo- Moody is number one for me, uh, as far as what you look for—the length, the seven-foot wingspan. Uh, I love his shooting Moody, man. His, his shooting ability, and not only just that, like his his uh, his in-between game. Like he has in-between game. He's not just a guy that just stands in the corner on the perimeter and just catches and shoot threes. Like he he got some dribble drive game and some some in-between. He's uh, a slow-mo. He's a slow-mo. You know who he reminds me of? And I said this a while back, and I got a lot of shit for it. I'm not saying he's a spot-for-spot comparison. He reminds me a lot of Joe Johnson, especially in the mid-range area. Garage door. Oh, man. If he could be that, that would be crazy. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got some stuff with him, man. Like, he's not just a stand-in-the-corner guy. So, he, to me, would be – and then he's young. He's, he's only 19. Um, so obviously he can grow as a player, uh, but then he has a matured skill set where you're like, okay, there's a role for you early where <clears throat> I already know off the bat you can catch and shoot, you can play defense, um, and then we can build off of that at 19. Right. So he would be ideal. Um, and then after that, you kind of kind of like, it's kind of like you got to squint to really love a guy. Uh, I, I wouldn't hate Kispert because I think that that fills a need. Just my thing is because we already took Rui, who is kind of an older draft pick, but Kispert is literally like he's either 22 or 23, right? I forget which one it is. Yeah, he's but. like, he's a. Uh, I'm going to go look right now. He's. I thought he was 23. Um. Yeah. Oh, he'll be twenty. He's twenty-two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he'll be twenty-two his rookie year. Whereas Rui, by Rui, I think was twenty-one his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rui was twenty-one. Yeah. So I mean, he's a, he's a ready-made player. I think again with a guy like Kispert, like there's no where's the upside? Like you're basically like, okay, this is a Joe Harris or Doug McDermott type player. Um. 
We know he's probably never going to be an all-star, but he fills a need. It's almost like getting a free agent, you know, vet pickup that, you know, just a straight shooter. Um, and you, you fill him in that role and you, you know, you look at your lineup with Russ and Beal and then around him, if, if you just go all shooters, you can go Kispert, Bertans, and Bryant. You're probably going to give up 150 points, but you're going to be able to shoot it. <laughs> so, um, I, I would I wouldn't mind it because again that to me would say, okay we're trying to we're trying to build a team that could compete now with the Suns and the Clippers and the Bucks with all of their shooting the Sixers with all of their shooting like you just have to have shooting and the Wizards just don't have enough so I would understand it. Yeah, I would definitely understand that it would just because if you pick a guy like that, because I know I said if you keep the 15th pick, you're probably leaning more towards a rebuild. But is Kispert really a building block for you? You know, probably not. So that no, would probably I mean, be more of like a win-now pick than a rebuild pick. It would definitely be a win-now pick. It's the type of pick that I feel like the Warriors would make. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, a team like that. like It's not going to be a team like... You know, the Orlando Magic isn't isn't picking Corey Kispert at eighth. You know? They're they're trying to get somebody that they can be the face of their franchise that they can build around, somebody with some upside, some all star upside. So, you know, uh, but I think Kispert has a role. Like he has a role. I think he can really do uh some positive things for a team that's eye in the playoffs. Um yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that pick at all. It it would tell me that they're trying to win right now. Yeah, um, he probably becomes your starting three at that point, and then you can let Denny do all the ball handling off the bench, and I think that that's uh, probably a good way to go about it. You know, I mean, the Nets have Joe Harris in their starting lineup. If you want to kind of have our own pseudo Joe Harris and uh, the starting lineup surrounded with guys that can score, you know, Russ, Beal, um, Rui, and then you have your rim-protecting five and and um, Gafford, assuming that, well, well, they'll probably start Thomas Bryant, so... But anyway, yeah. just saying, um, you know, I, I, he definitely has a niche uh, day one on this team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, are there any other wings that will be in our range that you look at and you really like for us? And are there, like, are there some that you've seen in mocks where you're like, yeah, this really doesn't make a whole lot of sense? Um... I've been seeing Josh Giddy. Oh, brother. So actually, I, I just think that would be a disaster. So I was listening to. God, was this Fred Cat? I, I think it was, was Wizards it After Dark. Because the Cats was talking about Giddy, and, and one of the guys they had on was mentioning how Giddy has like a certain personality. Like, yes, yes. That probably wouldn't yeah. mesh well with Russell Westbrook, which I thought was interesting because that, that was would the be first lit. time I ever heard someone kind of speak to Giddy's personality. Right. Um, but that, that would be interesting. Um, That'd be lit. I didn't know Giddy had that type of personality uh, where he kind of like wants the ball and he's kind of fiery and gets in guys' guys ass. Uh, That's awesome. There it is. It is. Because usually guys aren't like that as, as young players. But that would be that. I, I think that would be a disaster, though. If they took Giddy, and I, I get it from an upside standpoint, like you're kind of like, okay, you got another, you got a six foot eight guy with point guard ability, and right, instinct. right. If you could just get him to shoot it, and I feel like we've we've heard that before, right? <laughs> right. It it would be the the Troy Brown Denny Avdia thing all over again. All over again. All over again. And how many of those do you need on one team? Like I, I just feel like. If you're, you got to build a roster. We're trying to build a team here in parts. I get taking best player available, but based on what the Wizards says, say their objectives are, you have to team build now. It's not about just taking guys that all kind of do the same thing and hoping one of them pops. Like You have to right. take guys that complement each other. So I just think Giddy would be a disaster if they did that, but who the hell knows? So now that um, we've kind of talked a little bit about the wings, um, big man wise, 
would you be okay with them taking uh, Shangun, or are you still kind of leaning now? I, I wouldn't do that. Shangun to me would be a future pick. Like I just think. Oh yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, like okay, yeah, we're taking the center of, we're taking the the center of future, our future center here, um, or somebody we can view as as a compliment to Gaffer because we intend on moving on from Brian. Um, right. And again, that's fine, but that tells me that you're not trying to win that. You're trying to stock up assets for when Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook aren't on your team. Right. Which is okay. That's fine. But this is the tricky thing about the situation that the, the Wizards are in. And it's going to kind of have to be about you can't go by what Tommy says a whole lot. You have to look at what the team does to analyze what he thinks about the team's future. Because um, he's never going to come out and say, yeah, we're just kind of buying time with uh, Russ and Brad in hindsight. You know, we probably shouldn't have made the trade. This was never going to work, but um, we're just waiting to rebuild at this point. We're waiting. Russ is going to decline his player option. We're going to move Brad. And, um, you know, we're just going to move on. Tommy's never going to say that. Right. So, um, but I I like Shengun personally. I think that um, I think your comparison with him, um, the Sabonis, is spot on. I would say you could try and play him with Gafford, but the thing is, Sabonis plays with Miles Turner, who can stretch the floor a little bit. Gafford right. really can't stretch the floor. Now, right. you can maybe hope that Shangun improves his jump shot because he has a nice stroke. He's like Denny; he's got a nice stroke on the ball. I don't oh, think yeah. it's a bad looking shot. But and he's he, a good free throw shooter, and that's right. It's in the eight, it's like eighty two, right? Yeah, it's in the it's in the uh, either high seventies or low eighties, but he can shoot free throws. So that's you. That tell you right there, he has the necessary touch and shooting mechanics. It's just about getting the reps up. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not worried about his shooting. What I'm worried about is his defense. And so mm-hmm. it's like again, you're gonna. So he's already under. He has to play center to me to be effective because he can, he's not a power forward that can go out and guard wings. Because now you got teams playing guys like Tatum. You got Tatum, Siakam, Giannis, those type of guys playing power forward now. You know, Julius Randle. Those guys can move. Singa right. is not going to be able to guard those guys at all. No. no. So he needs to play center, but then he's only 6'9", and he's not a right. leaper or shot right. blocker. So right. defensively, he's going to get killed. Right. So it's like his offense is going to have to be so great that it can compensate for what he's going to give up on the defensive end. And then it's, it's kind of like you got to ask yourself, are you willing – to allow for those growing pains with him, you're gonna give him, you're gonna give him five, six post ups a game. And, well, you know, and it, it it also goes back to scheming, which goes to West Cell Junior. You know, presumably, just assuming that we obviously don't know, but um, the coaching has to be good. And then also your wings, Denny Rui, they, they got to be able to defend. You know, long term, if we're talking about taking a guy like a uh, Shengun, who's going to be a little bit undersized uh, at the five, like you said, had a better so. shoot. Because yeah. he can pass it. So when he gets doubled on the catch in the pass, and he can make that pass cross court, you got better knock down the shot. Because if you're going to surround Singun with a bunch of bricklayers, well, you're hurting both of them. <laughs> you know, like it's just, uh, you know. So, uh, again, like I, I wouldn't be mad at the pick. I just feel like it would tell me that you're not really trying to win right now. You're, you're, picking, you're picking your guys for when Beal and Russ aren't here. Right. Um, are there any other big men that you like? There was someone who I – is it Isaiah something? I don't remember. Uh, I feel like there's a couple centers that have been kind of mocked to us. Is it a guy from USC? Uh, it, it was – he played with Mobley, I think. Because Mobley was a USC guy, right? Uh, Mobley is Arkansas. Mobley's Arkansas, really? Yeah, Mobley is Arkansas. Uh, unless you're talking about Isaiah, uh, no, not Isaiah Stewart, because he's that's Detroit. Unless you're talking about, uh, oh, Evan Mobley is USC. Yeah, Evan Mobley is. Yeah. Um, oh, that, that's who I meant. Sorry. You got. Um, I mean, out of the bigs, like you got Isaiah Jackson out of that's, Kentucky. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah, Isaiah Jackson. I mean, he's a um, he's a good shot blocker, uh, but I I feel like we already kind of have that skill set with with Gafford. Um, 
So I, I just don't know. Like he's kind of like a Nerlens Noel type. Like he can get you ten boards and three blocks, and kind of gritty. But he's playing at the paint. Not nothing. He giving you nothing outside the rim. Um. So, I mean, if you want to have two Gafford's, that's fine. Um. But I would I would rather go Singen if they were going to do that. Uh, they were going to go center. Um. But I, I I don't think they go center. Not at fifteen. I just don't so, see the value. That's what I was going to ask you. So is there any position altogether based on where we're picking right now that you would avoid, you would pick center? I would probably say center and power forward. I, w- so I would if, avoid it. If Schengen was there at 15, you're not picking him? Not if there's a shooting wing, no. Okay. It's just too, it's just too big of a hole on his team. Like, you just cannot – you just cannot uh, avoid that that hole on your team and then think you're going to be good. <clears throat> like, I, I don't want to see Neto playing small forward again, ever again. Like, no. <laughs> or Garrison Matthews or like, no, just stop it. So where are you um, guard wise? Like, are there, I know we've talked about the, um, the Oregon fella. Um, I guess we've already talked about Kispert, who's kind of a two, three, but are there any guards that you really like for us at that spot? I like, uh, I mean, I like Book Knight. I think he, I mean, you score 40 points on a collegiate level, like you can play. Um, and from what I've been seeing and reading, he's been shooting lights out in workouts. Because um, I think his 29% shooting in college was more so shot selection than it was shot ability. So I think he's going to be a better pro. Um, and right now, we don't really have a backup two guard. so. And and again, Bradley Bill, it's up in the air. Like, is he staying? Is he? Are we trading him? We blowing it up? So then, who plays the two spot behind him when it, when he leaves? Um, so if they went Book Knight, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Um, I like Chris Dirt out of uh, Oregon as a kind of like two three. He can play either one of those spots. Again, he's a shooter. He's a two way guy. He can play the two. He can play the three. Uh, that to me, he's older. He's 24. That would be kind of like a win now draft pick. Um, those are probably my two. And then you got Cam Thomas, who actually kind of reminds me of Bill a little bit with how he goes about getting his buckets. Um, but he's raw. Like his shot selection is a little crazy. Um, he he's a little turnover prone. Um, but he's another guy. He would he would learn so much playing behind Bill, watching Bill and Russ play and prepare every day. Uh, so I, uh, those again, like a kind of development guys. Uh, but I think Dord out of, out of, I don't know if I pronounce his name right, but the guy out of Oregon, um, I think that would be along the lines of like a Kispert where it's kind of like a win now move. Yeah. Um, are there any point guards you like and would you take one? There are point guards I like. There aren't any point guards I love. I I guess for me, I'm kind of looking at this team through the lens of Russell Westbrook being here the next two years. So it's kind of like if I'm taking a point guard, he's gotta be able to shoot the ball. He's gotta be able to shoot the ball. So I'm looking at I'm looking at Jared Butler. I'm looking at maybe uh Bones Highland, um Trey Mann, uh, those type of guys. Uh I've seen people kind of throw around Sharif Cooper and uh, AU out of Illinois. I don't think they shoot it well enough. Um, and so that's a con- that's going to be a concern for me. Like you're drafting another, you're, you're adding another point guard that, that can't really shoot it. Um, so I, I, I would, I would go, I would go point guards that can shoot it. Like I said, Jared Butler, uh, Bones, Trey Man, those those type of guys will be appealing to me. What do you think about the Mitchell fella? I think he's a guy who will fall on draft night. I don't think he's gonna fall. Uh, you don't? So that's why I didn't mention him. Like I, I think he's gonna go in the top ten. What do you think about his game overall, like long term? He's kind of got like a Van Vliet type game. Like he can, you know, he's he's kind of a combo guard, but then he can play point. Like he can really play point if you need him to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he plays defense like a menace. Uh, 
and he can shoot it off the catch and off the bounce. So, uh, yeah, I think I think I guess I think he's gonna go top ten. Um, the draft really is gonna start at like pick seven when the Warriors go, because I think the top six are pretty much set. Uh, obviously, you know, K Green, Mo, uh, Mobley, um, Suggs, and then I think Kaminga, Kaminga, and then uh, Scotty Barnes. I think that's your top six. And I think the Warriors are going to really start the draft because they might even trade out a seven. Um, I think they should. You know, they think they should too. And they're trying, but you got to have a buyer. Um, I, so. I think that maybe that would be like, because I saw earlier, like they were looking at the trading for Damian Lillard. Like, I think that'd be a thing where you would probably package seven, 14, and then whatever to get Damian Lillard. Yeah, it would be a whole lot. Um, I, I don't think that would work, though, to be honest. I think that'd be a, a shitty... That, that would, that would kind of be like the whole Al Orford in Philadelphia thing. Not to compare talent levels. That'd be like, yeah, we're just going to take him so no one else has him. Yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, we're going to run Dame at the one, Steph at the two. Because Steph really played the two anyway. Right. Clay, put Clay at three. He That's why I would that. love John Wall on the Warriors. And I've been saying this for a long time. Please put John Wall on the Warriors. Please. Yeah, then but then it's like, all right, you got John Wall, then how much do you need Draymond Green at that point? I guess defensively, but Draymond is really their point guard. So if you add John Wall, who's a non-shooter, how does that work, you know, on the floor with Draymond? And then you're talking about Wiseman, who's also a non-shooter. Uh, maybe it could work with two of the best shooters ever and Stephen Clay on the floor, but I don't know. I, I think... They're they're trying hard as hell to boo that pick though. I mean, <laughs> but my thing is they should have just took they should have just took Lamelo last year. Like a lot of the problems they're kind of having, you know, or, or a lot of the uh, what they're trying to add, you could you would have had in Lamelo, and and as a trade chip, could you imagine if they had Lamelo and they had this seventh pick and fourteenth pick, you probably could get dang. Yeah. <laughs> Because the, because the 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 Blazers would think long and hard about that. Like I can get Lamelo, the seventh pick and the fourteenth pick, plus whatever else you throw in there. Dude. Yeah, because again, it's the whole, and it, it was back to the whole like, Beal. Would you trade Beal for seven and fourteen or whatever? You got to think. When are you ever gonna have a pick that high again? Because the picks that you get are, is gonna be in the high twenties. Yeah. Well, for the Warriors, they wouldn't have a pick that high again until they moved on from Steph and Clay. Um, but you right figure on. if Steph and Clay are healthy, you're not ever gonna have a you're not gonna have a pick that high again. Well, I'm talking like if, if you trade a star player for a pick, like if, if so, like for example, if we are trading um, Bradley Beal to Golden State for seven, it's like well, no, seven's not high enough. It's like okay, but if you trade him to any other team, you're not gonna get a, a pick that's high as seven. Yeah, because no team is going to give you, like, the you know, if a team is picking top five, they're probably in rebuild mode, right? Right. So they're not right. going to take on Bradley Beal's max contract because his timeline doesn't fit. So the only – if you're trading Beal to a contender, you're not going to get back high picks. Your high picks are going to come from you just tanking and being a bad team. Um, but my thing right. with a Beal trade – I want a young guy. I want a young player I can build around back, build around on, plus those picks that are probably going to be outside the lottery. You know, and it's going it's going to need to be more than two. I need like four. <laughs> if if right. Drew Holiday can get three, I need at least four. <laughs> plus a plus a young guy that I I can kind of squint and and maybe hope that he can be an all star one day. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to talk about? Okay, so I have a question for you. So Moody's off the table. Uh, who are you taking at 15? That's realistically in our range. Man. Because I think Moody will be gone by us, to be honest. Man, I think I might just go ahead and go Kispert, man. That's what I was thinking, too. Straight up. Because I, when I look back at past drafts, like I look, I'm looking back at you know, all the team, like all of the past drafts and guys that are contributing to playoff teams now. If you look at them, all of them are shooters, man. Like the ones mm -hmm. that aren't stars, you know, 
they're all shooters. The guys mm-hmm. that struggle to shoot and never really added a jump shot, they're afterthoughts. Mm-hmm. Like what is what is Jared Culver doing for the Timberwolves right now? Yep. What is what is Troy Brown doing right now? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the guys that you that you knew coming in that couldn't shoot, that you were kind of like, oh, well, just give them a couple years, and once they add that jumper. Well, now in year three, year four, year five, you're still saying, well, if they add that jumper, well, where are they at? They're on the end of somebody's bench or they're being called a bust or they're shipped off to another team. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like at that 15th pick, you got you to gotta take a shooter, man. And Kispert is probably the best shooter in this draft. So I, I, would, I would bet on that being a proven commodity asset that you can use on this team. But I still would hope that they can try to trade it. I, I would trade it. So I think the four main guys for me that I would be happy with, and I'm sure I'll be happy with whoever they take again. I mean, at 15, you're really kind of not Gosh. really in a <laughs> – yeah, I mean, it, it's not really cut and dry. But I think Booknight, Shangoon, Kispert, and um, Moody. I think if we get any of those four, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think I think Moody and Book Knight are gone. I think they're going to go top ten. Shangun could even um, be gone. Possibly, yeah. Kisper could be gone, too. Man, I've seen some mock drafts that have Chris Doherty uh, in the top uh, 15. They had the Warriors taking them at 14 right before mm-hmm. we picked. So, like, in a situation like that, I would be kind of pissed off. Where, like, all of the wings, like, there's a run on wing shooters. And so then you're left with either taking, like, a raw shooting guard or wing that's not really a shooter. Uh, or you got to take a big man. I-, I think that would be the worst possible scenario for the Wizards. And then at that point, I would definitely be trying to trade the pick or I'm trying to trade back. Right. Yeah, I agree. So I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping that's I'm hoping that's not the case. But you know, with these things, these executives, man, they look, you know, they're trying to imitate what they see, and they're seeing the Suns with all these wings. You know, who did the Suns take overdraft on? You know, with Cam Cam Johnson, right? So like, nobody had him going top top ten, and they took him because he could shoot it. He was 23 years old, but he can shoot it. And you see what he's doing in these playoffs. I could see a scenario where Kispert, Doherty out of Oregon, it's a run on those guys. Moody, it's a run on those guys because they're seeing what shooting wings can do for a team in the playoffs. And then where does that leave the Wizards at 15? Right. (laughs) Purgatory. (laughs) Right, right. You, you, I mean, you, you. Then at that point, it's like, all right, we're taking a guy that we hope can shoot in a couple years. Well, and, and then also at that point, like you talk about trading back. If all those wings are gone at that point, no one's gonna want to trade up, right? Because you're not trading up for a shot blocking five, rim running five. You're not trading up for uh, a raw wing player like a Zaire Williams, who you know is probably not gonna be ready to play for real, for real until like year four. You know, like you're not trading up for that. Mitchell Robinson, second round. Bobo, second round. Uh, Where was Daniel Gafford was also a second round pick, right? Yep. I think he was pick 38. Yep. Top of the second round. Yep. That's where you're going to get those big, those shot blocking rim running fives, you know, but you're not taking that at 15. Yeah. Shoot. Even Jared Island was the 22nd pick. Right. And, And guys like Jared Allen, like, they're fine players, and they're who you want at your five, but if they come to you and say, okay, you're going to pay me this amount of money or I'm leaving, okay, bye. Bye. I'm going to go get another one in the second round. <laughs> yep. Robert and I'd Williams, still pay, he was 27th pick, you know? I'd pay Jared Allen some money because it's not like Cleveland's going to do anything else with it, and Cleveland's right. not in a position to land anyone else anyway, so I'm pretty sure they kind of knew that when they traded for him that they were going to have to pay him that money, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they got to pay him to pay Andre Drummond. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Andre Drummond is freaking ass. <laughs> yeah, they he gonna get his hundred million from Cleveland for sure. 
Um, plus, they ain't, like you said, they ain't got nobody else to pay. Garland's still on a rookie deal. All their guys, four guys are on rookie deals. And then once they move, uh, uh, what's the what's the kid? The, the guard. Sexton. Sexton. Once they move him, they ain't, they definitely ain't got to pay nobody. So, yeah. I like Sexton, man. He a dog, man. He I, is. I just think. Uh, I would love know, him in a Beal trade. <laughs> he's not really a one. But then he's not really a two because he's undersized. So he's kind of a tweener guard. And, you know, then he's not really an elite shooter. But then he's not really an elite scorer. So, you know, where does he really fit for you? Right. Um, You want to talk some head coach stuff before we get out of here? I would love to. Great. So, we've seen everyone, well, not everyone. People are really overreacting to the Sam Cassell stuff, and I think it's really annoying. And this will kind of actually, we'll spend a a decent amount of time here left because this kind of ties into Tommy and Ted. But the Wizards are doing before, or are doing now what we wanted them to do before. We wanted them to do their due diligence We wanted them to make sure that they got the right guy. They're doing that, and people are still finding a way to complain. And Sam Cassell is the the greatest assistant coach in the NBA and one of the greatest assistants of all time. He has a great (laughs) relationship with Beal, blah, 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 blah. It's just annoying. Like, what do you want them to do? Like, we only know these candidates from an outsider's perspective. We have no idea what these guys think about different offensive schemes, defensive schemes. Okay, how are you going to build a staff? How many connections do you have? What do you think about international talent versus national talent? We have no idea what any of these guys think about any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just think, you know, Sam Cassell is a name that everybody knows. So, of course, people are going to cry about it. If, if we really, if we really having a real conversation about this, like how many people know who Wes Unsell Jr. is? Like uh, literally none of us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like the the, ca- the the casual followers aren't don't know who that is. When you say Sam Cassell, you know his playing career. You know the Bucks. You know the Rock. Like you know Sam Cassell. Um, it's it's a brand recognition thing, and I just think people are crying over that. You know, right. but honestly, w- from a coaching standpoint. What can you really speak to on Sam Cassell? Mm-hmm. I, right. You, there's nothing. You can't really speak on nothing. I haven't read one article that said Sam Cassell specializes in this. He orchestrated this scheme or this uh, this t- development for this player. Like you don't have none of that out there on him. And who mm-hmm. else is banging on the door, knocking down the door to hire Sam Cassell? Right. He he's so, been interviewed before and hasn't been given a job. And you can say the same thing about Wes Unseld. Wes Unseld, I believe, interviewed for the Cavs and the Bulls before and didn't get the job. Yeah. So I'm saying, so, so I'm saying like, I'm not, I'm not going to cry over Sam Cassell not getting a job here. Like, right. I, I just think, again, that's just kind of the you know, name recognition thing. Um, I want the right guy. And from everything I've read, uh, I think Wes Unsell Jr., I think Darvin Ham. Mm-hmm. I think those would be the right guys. Um, blah, 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 blah. What do you think? And maybe they've talked with her, and I don't know what that article said the other day, um, but Becky Hammond still hasn't really came up at all. I mean, are, are you a little surprised by that? Do you think that they've talked and it just hasn't been made public? or Because Tommy said they were going to, have a diverse, and they have, but he specifically pointed out that there were going to be female candidates, and I haven't heard about any. Yeah, I really don't know. Was Becky Hammer ever really considered here? I don't. I don't think so. It don't seem like it. Like I seem like really the only spot she was really truly considered was the Blazers' job, and even she said in that she knew she was second fiddle to Billups because they wanted Billups all along. Right. So, right. You know, that was an uphill battle for her. She would have had to like really, really blow them away, you know, to to get mm-hmm. that to get that job. So yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much. I just think it's one of those things like this this business this is about relationships and more who you know from a personality standpoint than the really like the X's and O's. So it's like I don't know what relationship she has or doesn't have or what she's cultivated since she's been on the bench. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be what's kind of keeping her from getting the job. Like she needs to know somebody in a high place that can say no. That she's my number one choice. Right. And it's going to be somebody else having to uphill climb to take the job that we want to give her. Right. Um, but there's some finals candidates right now that are still rumored to be in the mix. Uh, we knew that the Wizards interviewed with Willie Green from the Suns, who is their associate head coach, and then also with them, Darvin Ham, who is the Bucks' associate head coach, and then um, Charles Lee, who's an assistant with, with uh, Milwaukee as well. So um, maybe they're still waiting to get more time with one or, or more of those guys before they make a final decision because the, the next guy that we bring in, I don't care what direction they pick but I, I want that guy to be here for like 10 plus years. I, I'm, I don't want to have a guy here like where, where you keep switching coaches every five years. It, it makes for good news and it's good for media and all that, but it'd be nice to have some consistency. Agreed. Um, you still think it's going to be Wes at this point? I do. I do too. Yep. Always felt that. There ain't nothing I've seen or read thus far has changed that. There's just too many it's too much too many relationship and 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 you know uh I guess social dynamics that that, that make it make too much sense. Um I like that he doesn't have a relationship really with um Beal or Russ. I think that'll be valuable because you need someone to come in who's gonna be able to say, guys, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? And he has to me being on that staff with the Nuggets, didn't they go to the Western Conference Finals last year? Like mm. he, I thought they did. I thought they went. Didn't they go to the Western Conference Finals? Yes, last year? yes, they did. Yes, yeah. So like he can speak to, I think, winning, uh, a winning environment. What it takes to be a winning player, like if he can, he has a basis of comparison. Like, if you take kind of a coach like a young coach that hasn't been on any the Wizards habits to, well, I want a guy that's seen winning is to the next level. This year ain't even close. And if you're not, <laughs> yep. that's kind of the approach yep. uh, going into this because you can't. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to watch Russ and Beal dribble the shit out of the ball again. Um, it's not going to be fun. The, the the brand of basketball that we've been watching the the past couple seasons, so it needs to change. Nope, nope, nope. As a head coach, I don't think that Scott Brooks is terrible, but you can't let him make basketball decisions because his, his, um, his feelings get too invested. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but as a head coach, you need to be able to put feelings inside and, and do what's better for the team. And he just wasn't able to do that. Sure. Which kind of doesn't decrease the odds of a Damian Lillard for Russell Westbrook trade. Yeah, yeah that's... Um, that's I'm, good, I, I'm good with <laughs> uh, 
to be honest, I'm good with Russ. Um, I'm good with him. We do, we just need some shooters, and we need better coaching, some ball movement. We'll be all right. I I don't hate Russ. I'm I'm cool with Russ. I mean, he's a, he's a great player. It's just what we need: less inefficient, stupid stuff, and more ball movement. And that's pretty much all it comes down to for me. Yeah, it 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 uh, it's you know you got to build a team. I keep I keep saying this like it's like at some point you got to build a team. Like you got to put pieces together that fit. You're gonna keep putting non-shooters around Russell Westbrook and Bill. I don't really know what you expect the result to be. Mm-hmm. So we'll, well see. Yep. I think that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. The next time we talk to you, we'll have Chase Hughes back on. Um, He'll be with us a few days after the uh, next coach is hired. So hopefully they hurry up with that so we can get back to you guys soon. But uh, we wanted to take the time to uh, thank you for listening to this episode today. And we will see you next time.